episode 168. Hi, welcome to my mum's show. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of the Single Mother Survival Guide Podcast. My name is Julia Husher and I'm so delighted to have you join me today. If this is your first time listening, then I want to wish you a very warm welcome. And if you are a regular, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for tuning in every week. I love having you as part of this community, so thank you. Now, let me tell you, you are in for a treat. My guest today is... So inspiring, super amazing, incredible story, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Before we get into it, I just want to thank everybody who has written into me again. It means the world to me, it truly does, and I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful that someone would spend some time, you know, sending me an email or writing a review. I, I just really appreciate that. My reviewer shout out today is from C. Ossie, who wrote, Julia has been a weekly regular in my life since I stumbled upon this podcast in January 2017, an essential listen for new and old single parents alike, an honest, friendly voice in what can be one of the hardest life experiences. I have learned so much about juggling co-parenting with an ex, managing my finances and how to find me again once the dust settles. Julia has helped me see that life can be just as beautiful as a single mum and helped shine light on the positive aspects of single parenting. If only every single mum could find this podcast and all the pearls of wisdom from someone who has been there and done that. Thank you so much for all you do and all that you share, Julia. I just want to say thank you to you for listening. Seriously, what? wow, that's such a nice review and it just means the absolute world to me to be able to help you out, you know, so Thank you for leaving that review and thank you for being with me all this time. If you are a regular listener and you haven't left a review yet, I would be so grateful if you could leave one for me. It does make the podcast easier for new single mums to find and it's very simple. So all you have to do is go to iTunes and and press on write a review. And if you don't have, you know, a minute to write a review, even just tapping on the stars would be absolutely amazing. If you like this podcast, you can tap five stars and that would be incredible. And you can subscribe to the podcast while you are there. Okay, I won't leave you waiting any longer. You're in for a treat. As I said, let's get into it. Today on the show, I have a single mum and founder of Share Abode, which is an Australian-wide platform that connects single mums and single dads with one another for the purpose of co-living. Ladies, it's Wilhelmina, also known as Willow Ford. Hi, Willow. A huge welcome to the Single Mother Survival Guide podcast. How are you? Hi, Julia. Thanks for having me. I am so thrilled to be here. Oh, I'm stoked. I feel like we, we will have so much to talk about. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's a pleasure. I'm, I'm just so glad to be here. I can't even express. So hopefully I can keep going, talking without oh my God. too on my words. Oh, <laughs> I'll be fine. Okay, so to start us off, please tell us how many kids you have and how long you've been a single mum for. Yeah. Okay. So I've got two kids. They're young. Uh, my son is four and my daughter is two. I became a single parent when my daughter was three months old and my son was two months, uh, two years and two months old. So I'm going, I'm nearly at that three year mark, I guess. Wow. That must've been tough with, with little ones, like a newborn and a toddler. I had a newborn, but if I had a toddler too, <laughs> I don't know how I'd manage that. I still have flashbacks of, because, you know, at two, they're still a baby in my eyes. Yeah. And I have flashbacks of rocking the three-month-old to sleep in my chest, you know, and then the two-year-old rocking him in that, you know, the baby-born rocket that goes back and forth. And I'm, shh, shh, it's okay. You can go to sleep now. Shh. You know, like, oh, my God, it was hard work. That's like taking the word juggle to a whole new level. That is just full on. <laughs> okay, so tell us about your single mum journey. How was how the relationship with your ex and, and why did it come to an end? So uh, the relationship with my ex, um, it was not a great relationship, truth be told. How long were you together for? Um, probably about four, four and a half years we were yeah. together. It kind of was a whirlwind 
um, it started off as a whirlwind romance, I guess. I had actually been married very young before that and I was with the guy for quite a long time and we got married and um, the business I used to have that I don't have anymore kind of took off and I put that to the front and then he kind of felt a bit left out with it. So we got a divorce. I thought marriage was forever. So I was not at a good place when I met uh, my kid's dad. Yeah. didn't really have great self-worth, which I think is why I got involved in that. So it was very romantic in the beginning, quite tumultuous. Um, it changed over time. You know, it got, it, it wasn't fantastic. I still had my business that I spent a lot of time in. Um, and because I worked with dogs, it was very full on. I was oh. Yeah, yeah, I used to train dogs. Oh, incredible. <laughs> so I did that for 12 years. That was my first Wow, baby. that's amazing. I know, I loved it. I loved it. It was so good. We had, because I'm originally from the Central Coast and I'm in Gold Coast now. Um, and so when I did do the single mum thing, I kind of relocated up here, but, you know, I'm sure we'll get to that. Yes. But the relationship was good in the beginning, um, but I it just got very tumultuous and I had such a low self-worth. Um, he got a little bit verbally abusive in the beginning. It started with controlling. He was quite controlling and like little put downs. And I kind of was like, oh, I guess maybe my last relationship didn't work because of me, you know, little things like that. And I just started to kind of believe that. And it was just kind of something that was quite normal for me. If that, it doesn't make sense, I'm sure to some people, but in that moment, it, it kind of made sense. I kind of blamed myself for my marriage failing. And so, yeah, I just, um, got involved with him for a long time I fell pregnant and then it just kind of got better for a while and then it just got really bad um and then I decided that I couldn't do I focused a lot on my business because that was my only way to do it my son came with me to work every single day uh, my work was only 10 meters from my house but oh wow so it was, yeah it was a big problem <laughs> Um, and so, you know, he came with me. So I kind of sheltered myself in my own little life with my staff and my business and my son and being a mom and I loved it. Um, and, you know, he was off doing his thing a lot of the time and when he was home it was bad. So he wasn't home a lot but when he was it was pretty bad. So I guess that's kind of how it is and why it really didn't work. It, it went through these stages where he was beautifully romantic and sweet and lots of gestures and then you know, really controlling and a really jealous kind of guy and, and just very toxic. He was quite abusive emotionally and verbally. He would say things that I cannot even imagine why I stayed at that point in time, like now looking back. Mm. But that's that's what happens, isn't it, afterthought? Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, and I just got to a point where I, I literally couldn't um, do it anymore. So I said to him that I was selling my business which was my first baby, so that was a really hard thing. But I thought I'll sell my business and then that way I can kind of make my way out of the relationship because where I was was quite isolated and quite rural. So I couldn't really get out. Um, I couldn't leave my dogs. They were my loves. You know, I love them. I built that business from the ground up. And so that was kind of the plan. And he wasn't working and he, I said, you need to find a job to support us. And so he found a job and it happened to be up in Brisbane. So he re relocated to Brisbane um, just before he went. Um, I found out I was pregnant with my second one. Now, you were still together at this point, right? So when he relocated, was the plan for you and your son and obviously the future baby to relocate as well or was he just relocating? Well, I mean, I was really in two minds about everything. I wanted My main thing in my mind was I really did want to find a way to get out but I did also believe every time he said that he would not do what he does or that way he behaved, I believed him. And yeah. I thought, okay, well, if, you get a if he gets a job and he rents the house and he has the finances and he feels more not emasculated and I would make up all of these reasons for why he is the way he is or was um, to justify fear, I guess, fear of, of, of going it alone, I guess, in a way. So... It's Mm. Sorry, I just wanted to touch on a couple of things that you said. The first one was um, how it's something that comes up, I think, so often that people enter a relationship when they are not in a good place. And I did it as well with my daughter's dad. And it's not a good start. Like it's not a good foundation. And that's why I always try to encourage people to get in a really good place, like recover from this relationship breakup that they've had with their children's father or mother. because. Entering into a into a relationship 
when you're like not in a good place kind of attracts that same thing. Like you want to be at your best so that you can attract the best. And also this whole, like, don't you think there's this whole pattern with whirlwind romances? Like from what I've heard and all the people I've spoken with, so many toxic relationships start as a whirlwind and you just think this is the best and that's like nightmare. They absolutely do. I mean, it's like when I look back, it's not like I was a damsel in distress, but I had, you know, 40 acres to maintain. I was by myself. I had the staff. I had this baby, well, this, you know, one-year-old by that time. And, you know, like, you know, I look at it and I think that's, I don't know if my situation is what kept me in the relationship because I didn't know what exactly I was supposed to do. I mean, I'd, I'd been there for 10 years and when he did come initially, you know, he did things that I really needed help with. You know, he was like the knight in shining armour. You know, he'd mow the lawn and he'd fix the plumbing and he'd fix this and, you know, yeah. so you kind of thought, oh, this is what I need. You know, oh, he's so dependable. But, you know, there was, you know, there was so, there's so much you just don't know about a person when you don't have your own self-worth about you. You, you don't question things and you don't ask yourself the answers that you might normally do if, if you're emotionally healthy. Like, I mean, I've come a long way since then. Like self-worth is one of the first things that I focused on. I mean, it's the reason I got out. It's the reason I got into it, but the reason I got out, if that makes sense. Like it's kind of that yes. double-edged sword. So, you know, something else that you said before is the whole kind of setting yourself up to leave. And I think that's really interesting that you kind of thought about it for a while and you kind of put some steps into place to kind of almost set that up if it were to happen, um, you know, by selling your business and that all that sort of thing. So how did you, you know, you spoke about self-worth and how that got you out. How did you eventually leave? How did you know that that was the right thing to do? Uh, he dramatically got worse one night. So that's when I left. So, and I just thought I am not going to do this with my kids around. Like I just thought I can't have this as my life. It just all flashed to me. And I don't know if that happens to everyone in that particular situation. But I might have had low self-worth, but I did have a level of self-respect as well, especially as me not wanting my kids. I just had these flashes of, yeah. oh, my God, my kids shouldn't see this. They can't hear this. This is not okay. This is not right. This is not how I was brought up. Oh, my God. And I remember telling mum I'm leaving and I literally left the next day. I packed everything up. I booked accommodation on the way and I just left. Good on I you. Just, yeah. Yeah. I feel like having kids, it really, it does. It gives you this kind of inner strength where you're like, you can treat me like shit, but you will not do that in front of our children. And I, there is no way in hell I'm going to raise our kids thinking that this is kind of a normal behavior because it's not. It's not. I mean, it's, it's, and it's, you know, like they just, they gave me the courage to do things that I probably uh, never would have done, you know, yeah. in, in aspects of, of everything so far. So I'm, yeah. I'm really, thankful for them oh they're yeah they're the best so what did you keep what was going on in your relationship a secret or did you share it with your any family or friends no I didn't um only because of just how he was I knew that he would contact people and you know get quite aggro with them and demanding of them and I didn't want to put anyone in a position where they felt they had to keep a secret yeah, you know, to that extent. And so when I left, I went from um, I went from Brisbane to sort of like the border of New South Wales, so I was over the border. Yeah. Um, and I just did that because I just felt like it was further away. I was more safer. Had a different, I mean, a different jurisdiction with policing. You know, Queensland's not the great greatest with that because I thought, well, if things got worse, I'd need them. And you know, so I was just trying to think ahead. Yeah. Um, and um, my mum knew, she, she's my best mate. My mum is actually a single mum. She's a, a lovely, lovely lady. adore her. Um, so I told her, obviously, because I needed that support and she told um, her sister and that's about it. No one else knew, no friends, no other family. Not until much, much, much later on when things had kind of settled down. Um, yeah, I just feel like it's important to protect them. And I didn't also want people to be like, oh, my God, you poor thing, or the whole I told you so, or any of that stuff to kind of come into that whatever I was having to go through. I, I didn't want to pollute, pollute it, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Wow. Okay, so you're, you had a three-month-old and a two-year-old at the time. And um, so how did the separation play out? Was your ex okay like do you get along how do how is it now how's cope what does co-parenting look like co-parenting's different now 
Um, he he had an AVO on him for a year after. It's been off for a year. Um, yeah. And it has been a slow introduction because obviously, I mean, my son sort of remembered him but not to that extent. He had an idea of, oh, what a dad should be like based on what his friend's dads were like. Um, and the little one, she just had no idea. She loves everybody anyway. She's um, a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. So now um, at this point now, like he sees them every um, fortnight on a Tuesday um, and that goes for an hour, hour and a half and then sees them every second Saturday for like half a day or like sort of from 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock. Yeah. And that's what it is now. It has taken, you know, the two and a half years to kind of get to that point. So um, at first it was not like that at all. Um, it was really hard. It was really hard. And I do, you know, I do believe that it's important to kind of, you know, he's my ex and he's not my kid's ex. And I always try and remind myself of that. But I've had to work a lot on myself with my buttons and, you know, those things that he'll say that are condescending or rude or just downright mean and all of that. I have to really check myself consciously all the time, whether it's on the phone and he's talking to me or he's sending a text or he's picking the kids up. You know, there's always a stab somewhere and I've, I've had to learn to kind of like, I don't know, just hold myself in high esteem and know that that is not me, that is his issue and I don't want my kids to be affected by that kind of stuff. I want them to grow up knowing that, you know, like everyone has their own baggage and you can choose to take it on or not and it shouldn't, it shouldn't affect you unless you choose. So it's, it's a, and I'm just learning every single, single day. It's like hard. It'll be forever. So mm. that's kind of how it is. It's just a lesson every day in, in how to kind of uh, respond instead of react especially when you have the experience with someone that is, is just brings up, you know, such horrible stuff. Yes. So it's, it's them, that's for sure. I, and I don't know how it'll be when they get older. I kind of think sometimes, oh, my God, what do I say? And, oh, I haven't been down that path yet. And, oh, my God, my God, you know, so <laughs> I've got a ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. Like I think you've got a really good attitude about it, like looking at it like this is an opportunity to just, like learn, it's a lesson, you know, like it's really good. Like it's, and it is. And I think this stuff just makes us so much stronger. No, it really does. Like I do have my moments. Like I know like I get anxious every time he comes. Like it took me a good year to want to get him to pick them up, you know, from my place. I've relocated back to the Gold Coast, so I'm a lot closer to Brisbane. But, you know, it's it's just, you know, I've started over the last month and a half, I actually was, um, you know, trying to cope with it in the way that I would normally cope with everything. I'm a bit, bit of a bull at a gate. Like I'll kind of go at something and then I I get very committed to doing it whether it's you know just like with business or personal things like if I go to the gym I go to the gym I go hard like I used to do dirt bike riding and I was kind of like that and so it's amazing (laughs) I got on a dirt bike once that was it (laughs) oh my god I miss it so much it's my goal next buy some more but um I kind of like was told a couple of months ago like I was just really sleep deprived and I thought what is going on? This isn't the normal single mum or mum like sleep deprivation. Like what is happening? So I went and did this thing called a bioresonance scan and they kind of like scan your body and see like where you're out and what you're deficient in and they go and get your bloods taken and your hormone levels and all these things came up. So like high, you know, um, testosterone, which is actually quite normal for single mums because they try and do the load of two. That's so interesting. I know, right? I learned so much and she said things like, you know, you know, you get up in the morning and you have coffee and that's really bad and, you know, just all this stuff. So I've really over the last two, a month and a half, I have started doing things like meditating and things that are not normal to me, but they have made a significant difference in my anxiety and the way that I kind of process things with my kids and with my ex and just anything else. So I'm trying to do something totally different because the results that I'm getting aren't quite I'm still stressed by him and I still get stressed out, even though I do appear positive. Oh, gosh, it's, you know, how it is. You've got to put on this happy face and they want to see their dad and you're like, oh, my God, he's not that great. You know, so it's kind of, you've got, I just decided that I was just too stressed and I was so tired and I was so anxious that I kind of just have recently been down this path of, yeah, doing some meditation and I'm reading different types of books and instead of the whole got to change my mindset, I'm just trying to work with what, is a slower, more nurturing, self-worth, love type of um, approach to me, hoping that my kids will also get that because they are full of energy. 
So I'm hoping that it helps them as well. So I think that's, that's fantastic. Of, yeah. Mm. And you're showing them that you matter. Like when you when you put this work into yourself and you look after yourself and you you spend time doing things, and I'm sure meditating with kids around isn't the easiest thing. I often try to get my daughter involved and it lasts like 30 seconds. <laughs> but it's good to, for them to see that, you know, we take these steps to look after ourselves. Yeah, it's really important. I mean, the whole reason I did the... The first thing I did is like sometimes people say to me like, so how did you like do your first couple of like weeks as a, as a, as a single mom? And, you know, the first thing I did is like I kind of like to go into action because I am I get too scared if I overthink things. Like I really can yeah. paralyze myself with fear. So I think if I go into action, I mean, some people tell me like, oh, you can't do that. You're ignoring your feelings. You know, there's all these different schools of thought. Um but I just studied like things like Bob Proctor and Napoleon Hill and, um, you know, Joe yeah. Spencer and all these people because I thought, well, I don't know what else to do right now except try to fix myself. I don't know what to do. And so I thought, you know, the only thing I can do right now is to, to figure out why I got into the relationship I did um, and hopefully know it so well that I can be the example of what not to do so my kids never have to experience what I experienced. And that kind of is what propelled me to do most of everything that kind of came after when I first left um, and that drives me yes so let's talk about that um but first I would love to know how when you so when the relationship ended and you were like this is it I'm single how did you feel about being a single mum oh I had some hard nights I kind of like yeah. I didn't I I did I felt like oh my god what is everyone going to think of me I really was that really stuck me. I, I was so confused. I didn't know what to do, when to do it, how to do it. It was very confusing. And um, I remember just I drank quite a bit, to be honest, the first couple of weeks, months, I drank quite a bit because I could not sleep. It was an escape. I did, boom, at like a 1,000 miles and I was so um, exhausted emotionally and mentally and I... Um, it was hard, you know. I've, no one's actually ever asked me that. I've never thought about that. But it, I know it was really hard and I didn't because mum and my auntie were the only ones who knew and I was completely isolated on purpose to be safe. Yeah. I just I didn't have a best mate to talk to, to talk it through. And my kids were so young, they didn't understand what was happening. They thought we were on holiday. Like I just, yeah. it was. And they're still demanding like all this stuff and you had a baby and needed to be fed and, you know, there's not like having a good sleep. That's not an option. <laughs> like must have been insane. Exactly, yeah. And I guess that's why I got into action because I was so confused. I just thought, oh, well, I'll just do something. I'll study or I'll read. I've got to do something. I don't know what else to do. Yes. So mm. what? Do you, so tell me about your action and kind of what, what you ended up doing and how you ended up in the Gold Coast. And I guess this will kind of lead into how Share Abode came about. Yeah, yeah, it does. It leads in, in really well, actually. So where I was living um, was like that, you know how you can um, rent out holiday homes and you can only rent them for like two months or something at a time? Yeah. Um, kind of like... I couldn't get a rental, obviously, in that shorter time and I didn't know where I wanted to be. I didn't know where I wanted to go or anything. So I sort of thought, okay, I sat there and I thought, Mum, what am I going to do? And she goes, well, you can't stay here forever. I had three months, like that's all they gave me, three months, and then it was rented to other people for another four months. So I could either move back home to the Central Coast and because I knew everyone there um, and do that or I could stay on the Gold Coast, which is where my family is. So all my family is around Gold Coast, Tweed Heads, um, you know, all of that kind of way. So I thought, well, maybe I should like start doing that. Maybe I should start thinking about relocating and starting a whole new life, you know. I've never lived on the Gold Coast. So I thought, okay, I'll go look for a rental. That must have been so scary. Like I'm actually thinking about relocating to the Sunshine Coast. It's been something I've been thinking about for ages and I'm like maybe in a year or two. But it's scary not having any like it's starting fresh. Like you're amazing to just kind of go, yep, I'm going to do that. <laughs> it's great. The only reason I could do it was because I really felt like, excuse me if I swear, I felt like I was like shit creek without a paddle yeah. where I was because I had three months and I was like, I'm going to be homeless. I literally was homeless. I had no roof. I didn't have anywhere to go. Oh, yeah, okay, I had friends that might have taken me in for how long. That's that's the definition of homelessness, you know. It's, it's glorified. Yeah. 
So yeah. maybe couch with stained cars. So that's kind of where I was at and I didn't want to go crawling back to my ex, you know, just because I was scared because I'd done this massive courageous move. Yeah, exactly. And, um, so I kind of thought, well, I love my family. I haven't seen my cousins for years. I'll just go to the Gold Coast. Like I know the Central Coast. I'll just go to Gold Coast. So, yeah, I started looking for rentals, which was really hard with my young kids. Like, oh, my God. And were you working? No, I wasn't working. I'd sold. So I just, my property and my business I sold. So that settled a month before I left him. Right. So I wasn't Oh, you mean physically? So physically look, looking at properties was hard with two kids, yes. Yeah, yes, physically looking. Yes, I can imagine. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, I didn't have the income either because I, it showed that I didn't have... The way that my business was structured was my business paid my bills and I got the tiniest wage because yeah. my business paid my bills. So um, I didn't really look like I had an income. Mm. Even though I had the savings, you know, I could pay you up front for a year, but no, yeah. they don't do that. So not only was it hard to find a rental, it was hard because I didn't, I, w- I showed no serviceability at all. Um, and getting to them was hard. Finding the paperwork was hard. Like all my paperwork, I left. Like, where's my paperwork? It's back with him. Yeah. So it, all of it was very, very daunting and really hard. And I, it took me about pretty much the whole three months. I started looking about, I don't know, halfway. Let me think. I got a place in April and I left in February. So that's how long it took me to find a place. Wow. Yeah, so I finally found it and the only way I found it was my mum was the person on the lease. I said, I can't, I don't know, no one's giving me a rental. I keep telling them I'll pay them up front for a year. They don't have to worry. You know, I've given them my bank statements. I've shown them they're not taking me and, you know, she's like, I go, I don't know what to do. I've got nowhere to go. And it wasn't like I was being helpless. I was trying to do everything I possibly could to try and I thought getting a place to live was my first step to being a good mum and trying to create a life for my kids. Yeah. So that's what I was focused on. I was just like, I've got to get it, I've got to get it. And, you know, it was a good distraction as well from everything else going on. And yeah. so because what was going on in the background was court and AVOs and all this stuff as well. So it was like nuts. It was mm-hmm. a nuts time. And yeah. so kind of like, um, you know, mum was like, okay, look, you know, I will go guarantor for you. You find the places. I'll come with you. Um, it'll help with the kids and we'll go from place to place till we find one and I'll put my name on the lease and you can just live with me but you won't live with me. Like, I mean, that's kind of, I do it and I'll go live in my own house and you just pay me the rent. And I was like, and she goes, we'll just look like we set up a room. So, yeah, okay, it wasn't totally ethical but I needed a place to live Yeah, and I'm sure people do that a lot. So, thankfully, my mum, you know, vouched for me and we did that and I found a really nice place and it was weird because I remember looking on the internet like what you said, you know, it takes a while to decide where to go, looking and going, Where's that suburb? I've never heard of that. Is that near a shop? And I don't know who's there. And yeah. I was so curious, which suburb in the Gold Coast do I choose? Like, oh my God, it's a massive place. Like, yes. Which one's kid friendly? Which one, you know, do I want to live in for a year? Like, oh my God. So yeah, I kind of just chose, and really what it came down to is, you know, I what whoever said yes. Because mm. <laughs> I literally was like, Yeah, I'm out of options. And yeah. we found one and then that was, it was not great, but, you know, it, it is what it is. You can freshen up a place. You know, you can make anything as homely as you want. You know, you've just got to have that love. That's what mum kept telling me. She's like, I've lived in worse places with single mum. You're doing fine, you know, all that stuff. So it was a big house. Um, and, yes, mum kind of, like, put her stuff in the back room and she would come up every now and then and, and stay for, like, a weekend every couple of months, you know. And yeah. um, that's kind of where I got out and where I sort of started building my life and, and you know, it's it's interesting because when I was building it, I remember I was like, okay, I need furniture. So I um, basically got a court, um, a police court appeal thing to go and get my furniture because it was all my stuff. Like I had receipts. Uh, yeah. So, so, so we had the removalist from where he was to go and get all the furniture and bring it back. I was more so my personal things and the stuff for the kids because I really wanted them to feel at home. Like that was the most important thing for me. Yeah. Because they were kind of like, okay, what's happening now? Well, not the youngest one. The oldest one's like, oh, we're in a new house. Is this like a holiday house or are we like here forever? You know, I'm like, we're here for, for a while, you know. So I wanted to have him have things that were his. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I just guess, and then once I got there, I thought, what is my next step? Like, literally, what's my next step? Well, I'm isolated and I'm lonely 
my kids are so young, I, I need to meet someone to be a friend. I have no friends. So I started reaching out to my family and sort of saying, hey, I'm on the Gold Coast and, you know. <laughs> Ta-da, I'm here. And, and the whole thing kind of came out and they were like, oh, my God, you should have told us. We love you, you know, all that stuff. And um, so then great. I started doing regular catch-ups with them. So then, you know, my kids got to meet their, you know, the, my cousin's kids and it became like a thing all the time we would do this and they really welcomed me and as as family does you know yeah so that was really cool like we've made great bonds you know we do the Christmases together now and that, that's really fantastic and then I kind of thought well they also have their own kids I need to find some friends like some friends friends so I thought well what do you do I want to get rid of my baby weight I'll go join a bubs and babies class or something so I did that and I was just trying to be very logical with everything because I just didn't want to be at home by myself. I was lonely and I really didn't know what I was meant to be doing and I just wanted my kids to be busy and happy and so that's kind of where it brought me. So I went and did that. I met some friends and then I just thought I can't be the only single mom in this predicament. Like so I went online into Facebook groups and I started like stalking them, asking questions like, <laughs> else lonely because I'm really lonely yes. and I, I don't need a man lonely. Very no it's very isolating especially when you have a little one like when you have a baby because you're kind of like out of like you can't just go and do whatever you want you're kind of tied to the baby's schedule so it's very isolating you really are it's always like can't go because it's nap time and then yeah. this and then we were both napping I mean he was only like two and a half by the time you know so yeah he napped way up until three or three and a half or something so yeah, I was very restricted. And so, and, you know, I would have liked to have, you know, my kids to have proper friends so they could make friends as well that weren't just family. So I was really yeah. kind of intent on creating a home. But I found, you know, that there was a lot of mums, single mums in the same position and even worse than my position, you know, where I mean like they were really lonely um, and to the point where I started going, well, what do you do with your house? And then things like, oh, it's too expensive. We live in a small. And all these things started coming out about how it's so expensive and how it's lonely and they don't have support and logistically it's hard. And, look, I've, I had one or two trips to the hospital where my daughter was really, really sick and I had to bring my son. And I'm like, this is really hard. I'm yanking him out of bed at 2 or 3 in the morning. I don't have a partner. I don't even have anyone I can call. I have to do it. Yeah. So it's those situations are really challenging and people don't really talk about that I don't think as a thing mm. um, and they're expected oh everyone expects like a single mom has support like they just people get shocked when they say who do you depend on and I say myself I mean my mum lives two hours away from me so that's yeah. who I depend on myself yeah. so I don't have the family support like in that way like I see them every now and then but it's not in that way it's a social get-together so it's not like mom can you come over I need to go and I just need to do a shop at Coles solo I just need this (laughs) no it's not happening I'd love that (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly so it's kind of all this stuff's just started coming out of the woodwork and then I thought okay maybe there's something to this and so I sort of in my entrepreneurial mind thought well is there anyone that like fixes this kind of stuff <laughs> like yeah. where can you go get this to learn about housing and rentals and 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 support when you're lonely and is there someone that can come and help you like you know all these things just kept going through my head and that's kind of where share abode basically came in just from me thinking like oh my god what do you what, what 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 can you do in this situation what can I do in this situation and um yeah that was the start of share abode really early on in my single journey too Absolutely incredible. So tell us what it is. Tell us what is ShareAbode. So ShareAbode is the only online platform in Australia that connects single parents. So there are single dads on there. So single moms and single dads or single moms, single moms, single dads, single dad to one another so that they can share a home. So they reduce their rent and expenses and they gain that support logistically and emotionally. So how it works is um, if, you've, if anyone has ever been on a dating site or flatmates.com, they're a little bit similar to that, but mine just works with single parents. So I vet most of them that come on. So I will just stalk them to make sure that they are kind of normal and before yeah. they come on. Um, they can join up, but then if they're not kosher, then I don't keep them on the system. It's an automatic, automatic thing that comes up. 
So basically how it works is if you've got a home um, like that's, you know, big and you want to rent it out or it's just, you know, you need help with your mortgage because, you know, there's a lot of single mums I've come to know that husbands have died um, or they, men have left and they're kind of left holding this mortgage and they can't afford it and so they can rent out a room to another single mum and then they get the company, both of them, and they both save on their rent and they can help each other logistically. And then if you don't have a home to rent, that's okay. You sign up and you create a profile and then you're like searching for someone else who will match you what you think is going to match. Go have a coffee, meet each other's kids, and then go find that perfect rental together. So, yeah, it's totally free platform. It's absolutely incredible. And you know, I would have loved something like this when I first became a single mom because it is, like you said, very isolating. I had a baby and I was like, and living in Sydney, you know, like I was lucky to find a two bedroom unit for, I think I paid five fifty or something. And that was like a bargain, like a week. Yeah. It's insane. Like, and that was a challenge financially. That was a real challenge for me. I was lucky that I had a lot of savings because I was about to buy before I had my daughter, I was about to buy something. And then I was like, I just want to have this money now to just like, I, I just want to be with my daughter. So like that was really lucky, but it was so expensive. And I think having that company when you're a new single mom would have just been incredible. Yeah, it was, I mean, so I did the co-living thing for six months. So six months, almost eight months actually, because so someone, so was this, so in the place that your mum helped you get? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So someone came and moved in. Yeah. So it was Amazing. an older single mum, which is, um, you know, t- to me, I can't, the way I look at it as I can't really like sell something unless I've experienced it myself, the ebb and the flow of it all. Yeah. So I did it. I did it because I had struggled logistically. I mean, they had different nap times and I, I wanted to do so much and I couldn't I couldn't go here I couldn't shop easily everything was really challenging and I just thought I need help logistically and I'm happy to help someone I'm at home all the time like I don't mind minding their kids maybe they have a job so I got an older woman who had an older kid and it worked really well and I saved money like because I was the same as you I was dipping into my savings I was just dipping into my savings and yeah at the time I didn't matter but you know, I'm glad I kind of got to save some because I own my place now. So I managed to kind of save quite a bit, which paid for my there, you know, and, and I just got the support. Like we're friends today and I got to kind of learn like a lot about myself. Like you don't truly know yourself unless you live with someone, really. I mean, yeah. you think you're great and then you live with someone. and they, you, <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm amazing. <laughs> So I kind of like, and that's what really got me. I thought, oh my God, like the more I looked into it, things astounded me until today. Like I am astounded that, you know, the the majority of homelessness statistics, they come from single parents and those single parents, single parents have come from domestic violence and abuse. They are just not getting the right services. And I think that the system is so completely broken down. They can't afford, it's like the government. It's just so broken and it breaks my heart. It is heartbreaking. And people, you're solving a really good problem here because a lot of people can't leave or won't leave because of financial stresses. Like a lot of mums give up their careers. They've got young children. They're at home. They're with their kids. One of the number one sort of, I guess, um, worries is like, yeah, I need to leave my husband, but how the hell am I going to afford life I don't have a job how where am I how am I going to pay for something absolutely and it's like this is solving that problem it's kind of the way I look at it is it's like you know people it's you know co-living or as most people know house sharing or being a flatmate or housemate it is it is an old school thing it's it has happened for a while most people have done it when they've gone to university when they're young but this day and age you know you can get some nice places you can actually live in a better neighborhood when you combine forces with someone you know it's like when I look at you know I'm going to go co-live next year as well again even though I'm in this place and I love it I still want to do it because it has helped me so much yeah and so you know, I look at it next year and I'm checking out this six-bedroom place, you know, down the road and people go, oh, my God, six-bedroom. But between me and two other single mums, we're only paying 200 bucks a week each, which is cheaper than what I'm paying now in a tiny house. Wow. So I want to be able to support other women and mums that, you know, are having a hard time. And 
I just think that this platform works. We've got about 4,000 now. Wow. That's amazing. I know. I'm so excited. It's grown so brilliantly and organically. It's not the most perfect system, but I'm going for grants and it's changing as we speak. So you're changing like Australia. It's amazing. I'm trying to change the socioeconomic fabric of Australia for single parents. I really believe that it is not highlighted enough. It's definitely not. And it's also because, you know, like as a mom, like I just think our generation, like if you, you know, you've got to wonder how many single mums are from single parents as well. Like I know I am and I did a poll once and the stats were pretty like, oh, my God, there was like one in five. So, like, genetically, DNA, all this, like, growing up, like, what's happening with that? Like, what are we passing down? I think that passing down to a next generation saying that we can come together to get, you know, alone we're strong, together we're stronger, and we come together to get things done and to help each other is really what we should be teaching our children. I mean, it's environmentally way better than the carbon footprint you have by yourself. Yeah, teaching you. You get along with other kids and, you know, social skills, which you won't get if you're isolated. You Then you're not isolated. You're learning. And if you're coming from a bad relationship, which is what I did, I had to relearn how to be in a relationship because that's what you are. You are in a relationship with someone when you live with them, you know, in that yeah. friend platonic thing. I had to learn to, you know, open up and go, okay, well, I didn't really like it when you did this and then they do the same to me and I'm teaching my kids how to communicate effectively by teaching myself. So there's a lot of hidden things aside from finance and isolation and logistics and all of that help. It it can change how us single parents think about ourselves. I mean, we don't need to struggle. We don't. I mean, we can open our doors and our hearts and, and combine with someone and we don't have to be squished. Like people think, oh, you're going to get squished in a home together, but you're not. If, if you're thinking and looking and being proactive with another person about what you want to find, then you will find something good, or at least the people on the platform who are proactive have done that. I've heard, like, some people are doing some amazing sharing, which I'm like, oh, wow, that sounds so cool. Like, I'm like, I want to live there. I think as well, one of the best things about it would be just having, you, you, you could so easily kind of take turns babysitting. Like, if if say you and I were living together, mm-hmm. Tuesday night you want to go on a date, I go on dates on Thursday nights, you know, like it's just so easy. <laughs> you can help each other out. You're getting back that self-care that, you know, how we... Yes, you're getting your life back. Oh, my God, fill your own cup and, and depend on someone. Learn to depend on them and they depend on you. And you, It is. It's really, I think, you know, doing, you know, and it works depending on who you are with your situation. Like people go, oh, but, you know... I, f- I find my biggest challenge is that people, they go, oh, I can't do this because of this and, and oh, God, it'll be too squishy. Oh, what if they're not vegan? And, and there's, there is a lot of that. But I think that, you know, I'm at this point where I've seen 4,000, you know, people doing yeah. this and, you know, they're on the platform, they're looking and, and I keep hearing things, these people that checking in with me and telling me and I just I see them change in terms of like, they are opening themselves up to being more open to different things and it's because it's got a bigger end goal. Like if you want that house, if you want to buy a house and you can't afford to pay the mortgage, you can get someone in to do that. If you want to buy a house, share for four or five years, you'll be able to get a deposit. Yes. If you want to go on a holiday, if you want to buy your kids' shoes, if you don't want to have to choose between food and attire, if you don't want to have to go back to abuse, if you want to get off the streets, there are so many, I mean, I could go on and on, but there's it's so many. It's worth it, yeah, and it's, it's short term. You don't have to do it forever, but like you say, for saving a deposit or helping to pay the mortgage, I mean, it's brilliant. Yeah, it is. And what I did is uh, about a month ago, I created a private Facebook group because what I found was that, you know, I was kind of missing that link where people love the idea, but they're like, um, how does it work? And I can't really talk to them on the platform. So I just created a quick private Facebook group and I've got about 400 members in already, which is just amazing. And this is for people who've signed, created a profile? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't join. I I cross-reference it to make sure that they are actually members because it's meant to be a very private, safe group. Yes. And I want to teach them about co-parenting and co-living and single parenting and anything that I've experienced, but also it's the benefit of having other people that have done it as well. Yeah, helping others. Yeah. So I'm trying to like 
I guess what I'm trying to do, the underlying thing is to empower them to empower themselves. So, yeah, so that's my passion at the moment. (laughs) It's incredible, Willow. Do you find, do most people that do it, are they, do they kind of really join forces to kind of become one family, if you know what I mean? When it comes to things like, I just thought of this when you mentioned the vegan food or that stuff, like, you know, is it is it about all sitting together and eating together and, you know, everybody sit down now, it's doing homework time, or is it very much, you know, people keeping to their own families, doing their own thing, but just sharing a roof? You know what, there's not, not even one answer for that because everyone is so different. I mean, I've had people that like at the moment there is this lady and this, these two single moms and they're sharing, one is a nurse and I'm like, so how's it going? Oh, we never see each other because there's ships in the night. One works nights, one works days. And they never see each other except on weekends. And on weekends, every alternate, one's with the dad, one's with the other dad. So, and they love that. For them, it's lovely. They, they're getting everything they need and they do help each other emotionally logistically like they have a set of chores that they follow and you know they find that that works but then I've also got other ones who have like rented this like duplex thing where they've got the playrooms upstairs and they all play upstairs and then the middle level is for two kids to sleep and then downstairs is where the parents sleep and they've kind of like partitioned off areas it sounds like quite a big house and they do every Sunday night is family night and they sit together every Sunday night and they have family night and one of them works this shift and the other one works this shift and they do kind of like it that way so it just like for me when I did it I was always home and the other mum worked in the day so I was at home trying to like figure out how I could even do share a boat and she was at home uh, sorry at work working so if she ever needed me to pick up her kid I was happy to do that I just put the kids in the front and off I go. They didn't need a babysit. They sat in the front. So it worked for us. And then, you know, the kid was so much older that, you know, he was more of a help around the house than anything else. Yeah. You know, it depends with the kids' ages. Like people think, oh, I've got a four-year-old. I want to share with a four-year-old. But it's actually harder to do kids the same age. It's better when oh, they have interesting. mild styles. Yeah, I have found the ones that are more successful are the ones that have like different ages. So they are learning from each other. Like young kids love older kids because they're yeah. learning. And they're, oh, my God, it's like a big brother. It's like a big sister, especially if you're an only child. And then this older kid is like, oh, my God, this kid loves me. This is yeah. <laughs> And they, they're not arguing about the same toys. They yeah, have that's different, very true. Different homeworks, different, all of this stuff, it's very different. And I think if people, like if you were to really sit back and think, oh, my God, what is it like when I take my kids to play with kids at the same age? It's a nightmare sometimes. Like, yeah. oh, my God. It's better when they're different. So there's all these different aspects. So routines change with the individuals. But I do have... Um, I always have these things where I send out whenever there's like a co-living success or whenever they join the group, there is like templates. So they have like their house rules templates. They have, um, you know, a tenancy template that they can use. They have dispute negotiation skills that they can use. My recommendations for what makes a house harmonious. They have information to go with them. if they. That's so good. Yes, I'm just trying to cover all bases. I mean, you've got, I've only been doing this for like 17 or 18 months, so I'm trying to just cover. It's really new. So, yeah. Hmm. It's amazing. Okay. And so how are you managing it all? I mean, so your kids, are, are they in daycare? They're not in school yet. How old are so, they now? My, my son is, he goes to, oh, my God, he goes to prep next year. He's five. So oh, that's my like, gosh. No, I can't believe it. I don't know what I'll do. You're crying. Um, <laughs> well, I've still got the other one. She's only two. <laughs> she's three in um, December. So I have actually next week she starts her first day of daycare on a Thursday every Thursday. Oh, wow. Because I, I just need that. Uh, like I said in the beginning, I had this stress and fatigue because I was. I was uh, trying to overcompensate to do everything and it was not well, work. Yeah. So how are you? Because having a business as a single mom is tough. It's bloody tough. And what I'm curious to know what your kind of routine is like, because, you know, you're full-time mum pretty much. Um, you've got Sherabode going on. How are you doing it all? Um, it changes daily. But what I've been doing recently, which is, is working a lot for me, is I, um, I get up at five o'clock in the morning And I do my meditation at five o'clock in the morning, which only goes for 12 minutes. And then I do a little bit of reading for another 12 minutes. It's called like my hour of power. I think most people would have heard of something similar. Yeah. Um, 
and just to get my brain working because that's when it's the most, um, you know, kind of like alert. Yeah. And if I fill it with good information and start it off good, I feel like it works better throughout the day. I'm a lot more calmer. And then my my kids mostly get up at about 5.36. They're early risers, unfortunately. It's lovely getting up early, though, and having starting off the day without kind of like being woken up or without crying, like getting up on your own terms and doing your own thing first. I think it's amazing. It does. It does make a difference to how you start. I think people yeah. like at 5 o'clock and I tend to, my alarm doesn't even really wake me up anymore. I'm t- sort of up at about quarter to five. I just kind of potter around. And so then I'll do my to-do list, like my most important three things that I need to do for the day work-wise. Um, and then I kind of, then my kids wake up, we do breakfast and then I go to the gym four days a week. So we go to the gym, which has a crash. And then I do like 45 minutes or an hour. Really, that's my me time. Yeah. I sneak in like self-operated massage chairs which are awesome oh amazing (laughs) (laughs) this is awesome and so then um kind of after that it changes really like on a day-to-day basis like when dustin does pre-prep he does thursday friday he does thursday friday and then he every alternate wednesday which is like the maddest thing to my schedule and then yeah and i kind of like you always have to think oh do i have wednesday free or do i not or you know so he does that and it's only like five hours. So it's not even like really much work. You know, I don't get much time. But I work when my daughter sleeps. Yeah. That's it. As soon as that morning's over, I am dedicated to them and then I make sure that I'm present with them when they're with me because I want them to know that. I don't want them to think, oh, my God, mum always worked and put your phone down and do this. Like I really tried to make a conscious effort with it. So my gym is my me time. My morning is my me time with that little half an hour or an hour or whatever they give me. And then when Monique goes to sleep, I will work like a crazy crazy person. Yeah. And I'll do those three things that are the most important. And Dustin is pretty good. He'll normally do Lego. Sometimes he gets the iPad. Sometimes he draws whatever will keep him occupied for that short period of an hour, hour and a half. He does. And yeah. then game on for the rest of the afternoon. We do whatever. Um, we, today we planted seeds and did some painting. So we, I try and keep pretty active with them. And then they go to sleep. We do our meditation at 7 o'clock at night with them. I do that with them and that, they drift off within about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Then I kind of work from when they are asleep through till only about 8.30 and then I go to bed. I go to bed really wow. early. Yeah, really early. And I just have learned from all the health things that happened with 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 you know being you know fatigued and stuff that I just can't have pressure on myself to do the thing because at the end of the day um if I can't function correctly emotionally or physically then I'm no good to anyone so it's been a really hard journey to kind of get that into me because I've always been such a go-getter to just stop take a breath sit back and just kind of roll with it um because I want I always kind of think I want my kids to not get stressed like my son is a stress head and I think he got that from me so I'm trying to like reverse that a little bit. So that's my day changes a lot. And then when they are with their dad on that Saturday, I am just like boom, 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 Saturday. Like I just, you know, I, that's it. That's all the time I get. So I am trying to do everything in those times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a really good IT guy who is like onto it. Like before I was talking to you, um, before I came on, I was talking to him about the things that aren't working in the system and he needs to change it. So I know he's on and he's doing that. Yeah. And then, you know, I just, you know, I guess like for me, I just, I just have a belief that it's going to work. Like I don't actually even have an option for it not to work. So I've I put my towel in and I'm like, this is going to work. I just believe it will because it's such a great idea. It just takes time to build and I'm yeah. just a firm believer in it. So that's kind of the way I roll with it now. It's bloody amazing. Could this go global? Like, why is it Australia? Do you know, there's nothing like it in the world. There is one. There's one called Co-Abode in America, but I don't even know if they're trading anymore. I haven't seen anything from them. But it could if you had, like, people, I don't know how it would, but I'm sure it could because it's a platform. It's a, it, it will become an automated platform. So if you've seen those dating ones, they're algorithms, you know, like you yeah. put up, you know, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I'm a vegan, I'm a this and I've got red hair and I'm la, 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 la. It yeah. will match everything. And that's what I want. It matches, it sends you the matches and then it's up to you to do it. Like they're global. So yeah, yeah, I'm sure it could. I would, that would be like, wow, if that ever happened. Well, I'm sure it, it sure it can. 
Yeah. Well, time will tell. <laughs> time will tell. It's pretty amazing. I know it's, I know I'm conscious of the time and I know it's all we've got to kind of start wrapping up because you're about to get your children back. I've got to go to after school care, pick up my daughter, but I've got one more question to ask you, but before I do, was there anything else that you wanted to mention? Um, I don't think so. I just think that, um, you know, I, I just, everything's free on the profile. So if anyone's listening and they think, oh my gosh, this might be okay to do, just jump on and have a look. Like it's the only thing holding anyone back is like, oh my God, the fear of unknown. And I think that us single mums, oh my God, like the world has it wrong. We are the most courageous people ever, I think. Yeah. So lead with your courage and just do it. Just have a look. Got nothing Here to lose. Go. Yes. I think it's brilliant. I think you should be very proud of yourself. It's incredible. Thank you. So something that I like to finish on when I have single mums on the show is I would love if you could share the best thing that you found being a single mum. Oh, I can build stuff. I can put things together. I never knew I could. (laughs) And I say that after I've just finished putting my office desk together. I used to work for my couch and I had to move the entire upstairs around. I dismantled three beds, put them back together, put together a new shelf and a new um, office chair and table. And I just think that that's all got to do with like the belief that I now have in myself because I just... I could never have done that before. At least I didn't think I was capable of it. I never gave myself a shot. But now I don't have a chance. I have to do it. And then I do it and I'm like, oh, my God, I did it. It's it's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) It's fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And I just want to say to everybody go and check out willow's website go and check out shareabode you'll find shareabode at www.shareabode.com.au and if you want to connect with willow you can obviously email her via the website or she's on facebook and instagram at shareabode one word isn't it one word nice and easy to remember Absolutely incredible. Willow, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thank you for sharing, you know, some of your story with us. And thank you for introducing us to Share Abode. I think this is something that will benefit so many single mothers. So thank you. I think it's incredible. Thank you so much for having me. I had a really good time. I really appreciate the platform. No, thank you. It was, yeah, it was a pleasure to talk with you. And I hope you have a great afternoon. Bye. (laughs) See you. Willow, <laughs> seriously, that was amazing. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing this whole share house situation with us. I think it is just absolutely amazing. As I mentioned, if you wanted to sign up to that, I think this is something that everybody needs to look at. I think this is a massive game changer game changer. I think this is incredible. This is going to help single mums who have just left a relationship and are struggling financially. It's going to help people leave who are being held back from leaving because of financial difficulties. If you know of any mum, of any mum who is scared to leave a relationship because of financial challenges, tell them to get in touch with Willow. Check out the website shareabode.com.au and sign up and get the ball rolling on that if it's something that they need to get out of. And if you're a single mum and you've been a single mum for a little while and you're, you know, want some company, you're feeling lonely or isolated, and if you think you could benefit from this, give it a go. I think it's bloody amazing. So good on you, Willow. And I will put her links, her social media links, her website links, all of that in the show notes so you can go straight there and check it out. I just love Willow's attitude to life. I think it's just amazing and I think it's incredible that she's doing something to really help single parents. And you're speaking my language, lovely. I'm with you. I'm all about like the routines, the getting the job done, doing what you have to do and looking after your own self and your self-care, which is going to impact on your self-worth. So I just think you are amazing. So thank you again. Now, if you wanted to get in touch with me, you can email me at julia at singlemothersurvivalguide.com or you can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at singlemothersurvivalguide, all one word. 
As I mentioned at the start of this episode, if you have enjoyed this podcast, I would absolutely love for you to rate this podcast in iTunes. And if you have a few minutes, even writing a review would be absolutely amazing. And as I said, helps single moms find this podcast. So thank you very much for doing that. And I also wanted to just shout out to everybody who's written me an email lately. You know, I was reading through them and I mean, obviously it's not never, I would never read out people's emails without permission. And I don't do that unless it's an Ask Julia episode, but it really means a lot to me, you know, like it's just, it's so lovely getting an email from someone and that person trusting me with their story and telling me about what's happened and how they've kind of navigated single parenthood. It's just, it's, it's really beautiful. So I really appreciate you for doing that. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. I think we can all agree Willow is incredible and um, go and check out shareabode.com.au. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day or evening, depending on where you are and when you're listening. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Okay, bye for now. Bye.